listening to Chris Talks Cars on Cartoon Channel. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Chris Talks Cars. I am joined today once again by my good friend, Brandon Cole. Hey, guys, I'm back. And we are going to talk about his Swiss Army vehicle. If you remember a couple weeks ago, Brandon and I were talking about a project he was trying to do that would be fun on the street to drive around, meaning not a complete dog, but not a purpose-built race car. He wanted to do some off-roading, nothing super hardcore, so he wasn't going to go full rock crawler or mud bogger with it. Just an average guy's weekend utility vehicle. And since that episode, Brandon has bought said vehicle. Brandon, tell the people what you got. Okay. Yeah. So I looked around and um, just, uh, there's a lot of options out there, but um, trying to check every box that we went over the last episode. Um, it was, it was kind of hard to check every box. Um, I really wanted a Jeep Wrangler, but I just couldn't get past the, the engine options available for the, the price range I was looking at. So I ended up picking up a 1990 Ford Bronco. Um, it's obviously four wheel drive and, uh, it's got the 5.8 liter engine in it. It's the Eddie Bauer edition. So it's for 1990, it's pretty decked out, loaded. It's got the good. You fancy, huh? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's pretty nice. I mean, even my wife, you know, she's pretty picky about vehicles and being in them. She didn't like riding around a piece of crap. So, but this one's uh, right. This, it's just pretty nice. We went for a cruise yesterday, had the top off, real nice outside. It's, it's a lot of fun to drive. And um, so far, I'm just real happy with the purpose or the purchase. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so you went with the uh, the the OJ special? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's uh it's the uh, two tone blue with the. Uh, it's got some tan accents, like the topper is tan, and then like the bottom part of it is tan. So I think it looks pretty right. cool. Um, kind of an old school look to it, and uh, yeah, those Eddie Bowers were pretty awesome back in the nineties and two thousands. Yeah, and it's got. I mean, I mean, I don't know really what all the options were back then but it seems like this one's got it all it's got cruise control and it works it's got air conditioning and it works it's got auto windows auto doors um it's got you know real nice and just interior and trim work and everything's uh pretty plush for a, I, I paid five grand for it so i mean um all things right. considered it's you get a, it's a lot of value for for what i paid and uh which is nice because you know this is just less than i'm gonna have to do to it um you know to get it fixed up it's it's roadworthy it's a good daily driver if i wanted to right now i've been driving it quite a bit in the last few weeks that i've owned it and right um, you know it, i've took it and passed inspection without me having to do anything to it so um, yeah, I got real lucky. Well, they, the guy actually advertised it at 82,000 original miles after talking to him. I kind of got a little skeptical about it. And when I look in the interior, it definitely looks like it could have 82,000 original miles, but the, uh, the exterior, same thing. It's, it's real nice. There's a little bit of fading on one spot that I've been trying to buff out, but, uh, right. he told me that, uh, he, he replaced the transmission and that's what really got me thinking. So if you're looking at a used car, pull a car facts because it, it showed it it's actually it's worth the 40 bucks yeah for sure um this actually ended up being about 180,000 miles as opposed to just 80,000 so oh wow um it's a lot of miles but i mean you know 
it runs really good and I don't think I'm going to have any serious problems with it. Plus I planned on working on it and doing things anyways. One of these days, probably years down the line, I'm probably just run this engine until it gives me problems, but you know, it'll probably get a new engine one day anyways, because I'm going to want a little more than 210 horsepower to, uh, ah, you're getting greedy now, man. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But I mean, back then that was good. I think it's 210 horsepower and 315 pounds for the torque. And it's, uh, it's pretty much all down low. It's not a high high river or anything like a lot of these uh, newer dual overhead cam stuff. It's the right. straggle flip right. motor, and it uh, you know it'll it'll spin the back tires pretty easy. So um, hell yeah, definitely do what I need to do right now. But yeah, I can definitely see myself winning some more power later on down the line, and uh, instead of you know trying to go with doing cam swaps and all that stuff, I think I'd just pull it and build it the right seven three in there <laughs> no it'll it'll definitely keep the uh the 5.8 that it's got in it um there's a lot of potential in those there's a there's a, uh, tons of information out there from um a lot of different sources and it, the engine's just been around so long so i think it's a really good uh platform to build off of uh, i don't think i would need it that, that was another thing I, I was thinking about engine swaps but man they're just they're not fun i've done one before and they take a lot of time and money and sometimes there's ingenuity like you're literally thinking up stuff on your own because there might not be that much support for your specific application and uh, it's yeah just, watching it on roadkill can give you a false sense of your ability because you watch them right. you're like oh yeah they just nothing works like there, the yeah. engine and trans and everything else is different like you got to <laughs> take the oil pan off a random vehicle that's not even of the same make from a decade earlier well I you're think, like oh yeah i i could do all that yeah right. no you can't because you're not steve dulcich <laughs> and you don't have a junkyard in your backyard well yeah that, well, that's what i was getting like i guess i think a lot of the things for uh doing swaps like that to make to make it easier is just simply having the facility and the proper tools. And, and a lot of these, like you, you see this stuff, you read online, you watch your YouTube videos on swaps and, and there are Joe blow mechanics like myself that get out there and get it done. But um, a lot of these guys, you know, they'll have, and I'm not exaggerating like over six figures in tools and, and special equipment and lifts and, and, yeah. uh, um, and a nice big shop, sometimes air conditioned. I have a friend that has a shop and it's air conditioned and he's got a lift in it and he's just got everything he needs and he's got a welder and he can fabricate his own stuff. He's got a pipe bender. He's got it all. So, I mean, it's, um, if you have the right stuff, it can be, I would, I'm still not going to call it easy, but it can be tolerable and not terrible, right. especially if you've done it a few times. But yeah, if you don't have the right stuff, it's definitely not something you want to do in your garage and, and definitely not something you're probably going to knock out in a weekend. Unless it's well, unless you're LS swapping something yeah, where sure. yeah, it literally comes with like pictures and basically does everything for you yeah and even still i I still think people don't realize that that's not as simple and straightforward as as a lot of people might think it is because again there's so much there's so much support out there for so many people have done it oh it's easy but i know those guys i've never done ls swap but i know those guys are sitting in the garage first time they did it and they're 
cursing and yelling and pissed off. And um, once oh, they're yeah. said and done, they look back. Oh, I wasn't that bad, but uh, you know, I know it had to have been a fan of buzz. I've talked to a few guys uh, at local car car meets, and some people actually know that I've done swaps. And it took them a long time to do it and tracking down all the right parts and buying stuff. And it does take a lot of money to throw at it, getting adapters and all wiring harnesses. Yeah, exactly. All the the trans, if you you may not be able to use the original trans, so you're doing engine and transmission. Sure. Then you got to worry about your trans tunnel, your cross member, and like you said, adapters for everything to go from GM yeah. to Ford or whatever. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, I just wanted to avoid that if I could. So, having a vehicle that starts off with a very capable, good engine. Um, was nice and i think all three of the engines offered in the bronco would have suited me i got lucky and i found the premium engine option for that year which is the 5.8 but you can also get the 5.0 and the 4.9 um straight six they're all pretty solid but definitely got the one exact one i was i was looking for got lucky there that was pretty good that's nice. awesome man yeah and um yeah, so far I'm just just doing maintenance on it, um, making sure it's gonna be ready to go, and not gonna give me any problems. I've already kind of found one little issue. It's, uh, um, yeah, it the, you get heat soak in the in the starter. So when you go out to start it first time, right out of my garage, starts up just fine. And then uh, you mm-hmm. know, if I like yesterday, we took it out to uh, uh, we out to dinner last night and. Um, it was like real slow starting. I almost thought it almost seemed like the battery was dead, but you could just keep cranking. No problem. So it was kind of weird. So it, uh, eventually it just kind of like cooled down for a few more minutes and it, I guess it cooled off enough to where it would start. That's what I assume is going on. So, um, probably about time to go ahead and get me a new starter. I went up there and looked, looked under there and, uh, Wrapping like some aluminum foil, brother. Call it good. Yeah, there are. Well, there there are some. Uh, they're actually heat wraps for these starters, and that could be an option as well. But I noticed uh, right when I bought it that the starter did seem a little weak anyway. So that'd just be mm-hmm. a, that'd be cheap insurance policy just to go ahead and swap that out and not have to worry about it. Yeah, it's it's a, what probably an hour maybe less to do and i looked under it isn't a terrible spot i really hate that ford engineers like literally <laughs> hate like do yourself mechanics like the, the 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 oil oil filter location up in there is under that that twin tower i-beam suspension and so it's like this little hole that you can kind of reach up in i haven't swapped it out yet i'm not looking forward to it at all but um i think i might even actually have to lift the vehicle up to be able to have enough space to pull the oil filter off i'm not 100 sure on that yet really i'm not 100 sure on it yet but it looks that way i can probably squeeze it out maybe with spilling all that oil everywhere because you know they got the, the, the filter well your dodge oil. one isn't much better my friend i went to change the oil in mine and i there's like oh, you have to tip cheap. it sideways to pull it out oh well, you gotta yeah, get the yeah, little plug yeah. thing to put on top yeah so I, on those i actually just uh, I would, I would fill it up like three quarters of the way. And then, cause like the rest of you just spill out going in there. So now the three quarters and then just put it on there. No, I mean, pulling it out. <laughs> oh, well, well, so what are you saying? No, I'm saying you're uh, talking about how difficult the Ford one is that Dodge one's not much better. You got to yeah. tip it over to get it out. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's why I didn't even, even putting it back on, you know, cause I, I, I would put oil 
back in the old the fuel or the oh filter. right right yeah but uh yeah no i think this one's gonna be worse than that the cummins engine uh, for sure because i mean you actually have to get up under it and i'm pretty sure i'm gonna have to uh, jack it up to uh get enough clearance for it so um but that's crazy man yeah, I, I don't know i haven't done it yet so it just it just looks stupid and, uh, it's like it's like every time i work on a ford i don't want to bash for it <laughs> i kind of like them but they're always a little bit more difficult for no reason at yeah all. i've had pretty i've had pretty good luck working on a lot of mopar stuff and uh maybe i'm just more comfortable working on those diesels i don't know but um but yeah, it's, it seems like it seems to be a common theme for Ford. Yeah. Yeah. But either way, it doesn't look challenging. It's just more than you would expect. Just annoying. Yeah. Mostly, yeah, mostly an inconvenience, I would say. Um, right. But yeah, so there it is. Um, yeah, I got big plans for it. Um, just doing maintenance, little things right now, keeping it going or making sure it's going to be a good, reliable thing for me. And uh, it'll get wheels and tires and lift kit. Um, it's already actually got a cold air intake on it. I, don't, I doubt it does anything, but it sounds kind of cool and it looks decent under the hood. And uh, hell yeah, brother. And uh, um, I'm looking into an exhaust and uh, a couple of little things. I'm not going crazy with it right now. Um, uh, eventually I don't want to do anything to the engine until I pull it. I'll, I'll end up just pulling it and, uh, um, trying to make some halfway decent power out of it. Right. Um, do, uh, those have aluminum intakes? Yes, they do. Yeah. Two okay. Piece That's aluminum. good. Mm. Yeah. It, they, Again, more uh, difficult. It's actually like the most restrictive part of the engine or one of them. I, I guess the cylinder heads are probably pretty close second. Um, but, uh, for low end torque, doesn't really matter a whole lot. I mean, there's still more power to be had uh, by swapping them out or doing some porting on them. But uh, um, they, they they suit pretty well for low end type stuff, off putting whatnot, towing. There you go. Sort of That's thing. good. So, yeah, I think it'll I think it'll suit me fine for a little while until I decide to dump a bunch of money into the engine and make it something it's not supposed to be. <laughs> Put a 871 on top of it. Yeah, you know. Right. Yeah, I, just all, all I did, lower. I was I did look into like a lot of those carburetor setups and everything. A lot of the forms they're they're talking about like you know, you're just gonna regret doing it, especially for off roading. You lose all that throttle response. That sort of thing. Oh yeah, but I think I'm gonna keep it fuel injected. You know, I, I just really enjoy driving it. It's it's fun car to drive. You know, like it's it's one of the late 1990 that body style is probably the least desirable Bronco on the road right now. Um, probably and cause it's, it's just not, it's not real pretty, but it's still cool, man. Like I get thumbs up driving around the top off because you don't see him all the time. It's not a rare car or anything, but you, you just don't see him all the time on the road. Yeah. Especially you don't see him with the top off. Um, if you don't really know what you're looking for, it just kind of just looks like a, a weird short F-150. If you've, if it's That's really what it looks yeah. like. Yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, so I think a lot of people don't pay attention to it. When you have the top off, it's like, like I, I get like little kids in the window, like giving me a thumbs up and people looking at me. I think half of them might be looking at like, what the heck is that? And another half, like thinking it's cool. And probably some people think I'm driving around to a pile of crap, but um, that's how you know it's a good vehicle, man, is when it evokes a response. Yeah. I, I was actually really surprised that it actually gets any attention because I mean, to me, it's just the, a, a toy that you know normally the, the the things that i like aren't real popular um you know like i just like old 
crappy trucks a lot of the times it's like my most favorite thing to drive around and it's almost kind of what this is and uh but yeah it's gotten a lot of i mean yeah kind of uh, it's 30 years old that's an old pickup man it is yeah it's uh qualifies as a classic i went and got my plates the other day um um it qualified for the uh, classic plates. Of course, I got my typical douchebag veteran plates because why not? <laughs> you say it's the please don't give me a ticket plates. It's pretty much what it is. And they've, they've got me a ticket spot too. No, we don't like them. They, they, they do draw a little bit of attention. And, um, you know, well, it's the people that have like 36 stickers and like you were in the military 30 years ago, man. It almost feels like the high school quarterback. Like I appreciate your service, but yeah, you got to stop talking about the glory days. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I just, I just kind of did it for me. I thought it was kind of cool. Something, something to show. Yeah. I, uh, I put it on, I put it on my Dodge and, uh, it was the first vehicle I put it on, but yeah, I like it. Yeah. It's kind of just a little subtle thing, but whatever. Um, they're also free, um, for veterans around here. So it, it saved me a dollar anyways. <laughs> um, oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's that. And, um, hopefully I'll have uh, some more updates on, uh, what we're doing to it. And hopefully you'll be moving here soon enough. So you can help me. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. That's uh that's the goal. It's looking like I was talking to you earlier. It's possibly sooner than uh early next year, but definitely at some point within the next nine months, I'll be a Texas resident, I'd say. Yeah. That'd be that's I'm looking great. forward to it. While we're on this Bronco topic, so are you aware that there is a new 2021 Bronco coming out? I am aware of it. I have not looked at it. So, I was waiting. Uh, you said you want to talk about it. So now I'm, I'm yeah. looking at it. So this, this month is supposed to get actually released. Um, so we'll actually have all the official stuff. So right now, I think a lot of it is educated speculation from people like car and driver, you know, reputable um, um, writers. Right. And uh, so far, <laughs> It looks, looks wise, it's awesome. There, there is a sport one, so it's like a smaller version of it that I don't even want to really talk about. So it's just, just going to be their economy. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the Bronco too. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like it's just going to be like a little vehicle to help them make some money revenue. I think this is going to be the flagship, the the good one, the only real option if you want to do any off roading. It's going to be what's going to compete with the. Wrangler. It's going to be the right. biggest competition for the Wrangler. And I think, I, I mean, I don't want to talk anything bad about Wranglers because I really like them, but I think, I think they got to watch out, man. Cause the biggest thing here is they have the engine options to back it up. Now they haven't released them yeah. yet, but so far what, what they're thinking is it's definitely going to get the, uh, it's, it's a, a two liter or a 2.3 liter four cylinder turbo, which I think is just going to be the base model engine. And then it's also going to get the 2.7 liter V6 twin turbo, which is offered in the F one fifties and a couple other things as well. Yeah. The, the uh, eco boost. Yeah. The eco boost. It's a, uh, it's 400 pounds feet of torque in the, in the F one fifty platform at a pretty low RPM. So it should be a really good, uh, low end torquey off-road engine and, probably won't be too terrible on fuel economy and everything else at 325 horsepower as well as what it's in the f-150 so i would assume it's gonna match this 
in the in the Bronco. But uh, it's, it's from the reading here, it seems like they're not going to give it the three point five. I guess they don't want to steal the flagship from the F one fifty. Um, maybe if they do like a raptor down the line which the front grill i'm looking at the car and driver pictures and the front of it looks like a raptor front end it's got the big uh four in the grill with the the halo headlights and stuff yeah i'm looking at the same picture you are and yeah i think that's so these if i don't know if you look at the old 60s broncos this is a retro styling from the 60s uh, okay. Or, or the seventies, um, one of the two or both. I don't know. Um, so it, it, the whole thing is retro styled to that. And so this is the four door one you're looking at. I think the same thing. Um, there is going to be a two door option, which I'm, which is what I'm more. I'm looking at about. the two door. Oh, you're looking at. Yeah, I'm looking at the two door. Yeah, I'm looking at the four door right now. I can't find any good pictures of the two door. Or I saw some earlier, but um, I'm I'm excited about the four door because that that's kind of the, you know stays true to its roots and all that stuff the four-door i think is gonna be great it's gonna be like the wrangler it's gonna sell really well because it's practical but um i think the two-door is gonna be super cool and to be honest um you know i probably will wait for a used one to come out but i may this may be an option for me in the future but the thing is is the engine options i think they're gonna have to throw more at it so one thing they're talking about is this if there was like some sort of svt variant of it like the raptor um Mm -hmm it may get the three liter, which is offered in like some of the, it's a three liter twin turbo, which is offered in uh, some like the Lincoln stuff and some of the, like the, uh, is it the SVO? I can't, the, the Taurus, I think, or something like that. Oh, the SHO Taurus. SHO, yeah. Sorry. SHO Taurus. Um, that was a such underrated vehicle, man. Yeah. A 400 horsepower twin turbo all wheel drive sedan oh that nobody God, yeah. gave two shits about. Yeah, I was actually really surprised. I think they actually derated the engine on release. So I think it actually maybe ran a little bit less than that, that 400 horsepower. Oh. Um, still, though, I think it was still something closer to like 365 and 400 pound feet of torque. Um, so it's still a respectable quick vehicle, but I think it might get one of those engines. And I think that engine now does make 400. So I don't know if that, that car still available. So maybe now it makes 400. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, but, uh, um, but still it was a badass car that nobody seemed to really care about, which kind of stuff. Yeah. Sucked. It sounds like it might get that off, maybe that offer, maybe, maybe not right away, but it's potential. I am thoroughly disappointed and i knew they were going to do this so far we don't think that it's going to get the 5-0 yeah that's that's the thing i was going to bring up i'm looking at the road and track one now the green four-door yeah. and i'm like that just looks like a, a explorer variant more than a bronco so i see what you're saying yeah it's uh oh so you're, you're talking about that little one yeah the four door, yeah. yeah the, well, no, no, I don't like the four door. Well, there's there's two four door. You get the big one, and then you have the little one. But then the two door oh. is also offered in the larger one. From what I'm saying, so you're gonna have the the big full size one will be offered as a two door and a four door. Okay, like, like the there like the are. Wranglers. Right. So I, I think they're modeling this thing just to directly compete with Wranglers in every way. Just because, like, right That's, now, if you uh, want to go buy like legit off-roading machine and in the lightweight SUV sector, I mean, the Wranglers 
kind of king of the hill, really, especially if you go like the Rubicon that's got full lockers and everything. It's, you know, there are some Toyotas and other things that, that are good options as well, but I don't, I don't think anything right off the showroom floor can really, um, no, I'd, I'd have to agree with you, especially after Toyota got rid of the FJ Cruiser. I don't know how capable like the TRD forerunners are out of the box. Yeah, no, but That's a different price range too. Like aren't the Toyotas quite a bit more expensive than a Rubicon? Yeah. Well, no, nah, Rubicons are terribly overpriced. Um, I, I think it would be much better off getting like a base model Wrangler and just like adding a few things and lockers and a little suspension gotcha. and stuff. You still be in it brand new vehicle for less than what they're offering those. But nonetheless, it is extremely capable right off the showroom floor. And uh, the, the right. Toyota TRDs are they're they're also really good as well. I watched some testing on that on uh, Dirt Every Day, and it really held its own. As they're great vehicles, also. But I still think that if if, if you had to pick one to do real hardcore off roading in factory form, I think the Wrangler is still going to be the way to go. But yeah, I'd probably have to agree with you. I think this Bronco might give it a little run for its money, though. It's definitely got a better engine options, in my opinion, even just with these two. Um, hopefully, it gets a few other things. I really think if they give it the 5.0, I just don't understand why they wouldn't because that's what everybody wants. They want the old school 5.0 that you can use to get it in, in the older Broncos. It's kind of what made its name. You got this little SUV with a nice big V8 in it, a lot of power. And the 2.7 right. is going to have plenty of power. It, you know, nobody likes the sound of them. They sound terrible, but they are very good, powerful engines. But I right. have that exhaust note that, you know, all the red blood Americans want. That's true, man. And well, to more to Ford's point, the potential straight out of the box, all their engines are already turboed. Right. So even if you get the small one with very minor intake exhaust and some ECU tuning, you're going to be sweet. And the Jeeps, you either have to, yeah, you got to do a swap. You got to do a swap into a Jeep or build a motor for boost. Cause from what I understand, those V sixes don't handle boost. Well, yeah. Out of the box at least. Yeah. Well, I think, I think they handle it really well, but I think they're limited on how much power they can actually make. Um, I think I've heard of some 3.5s making like pretty much stock engine factory engine, uh, making somewhere around the 600 horsepower mark. Which, in the Jeeps? Oh, no, sorry. I thought you were talking about the, 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 the uh, 2.7, 3.5s. Sorry. Oh, no. I was saying to Ford's credit, like those engines out of the box are better than the Jeep engines yeah. and with very little work can be sure. way better. Yeah. The Jeep, you have to either swap in a V8 mm-hmm. or build that engine for boost. Yeah. And from what I heard, because out of the box, the Jeep engines don't handle boost very well. Yeah, no, you're heard. right. I have seen some supercharged ones. I've never seen a turbocharged. Uh, it's a 3, 3.6 liters with the, they come in the newer Wranglers and they're pretty solid. They make good numbers, but they're, they're kind of high, high revers. You know, a lot of the torque is available in the higher RPM range, which doesn't suit like off-roading that well. Um, the right. they do make up for with a lot of gearing and transmission stuff. So it's still, it's still pretty good, but they do have the new, uh, uh, eco diesel option for the Wranglers, which is really hard to compete with because that's a real torquey low end engine. Plus, it gets awesome fuel. Across. Right. So, um, if I was going to go Wrangler, that's probably the route I would go. I think it's it's probably definitely going to be a lot slower, but it's got a lot of torque still. And I mean, diesels are awesome, so why not? 
but they are awesome. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, I'd like to, I'm, I'm looking forward to later this month. Uh, sounds like that's when they're going to release, um, some more information. It may get pushed back. I don't know. It seems like that happens a lot. So something to look forward yeah. to later this year, we should see some more information and towards the end of the year, November, December, might even see some on the road. That'd be really cool. That would be cool. I haven't seen one Speaking since of small new since 1996. Go ahead. Oh yes. No. Um, I was saying speaking of small diesels, when I was in Australia, they have like, all their trucks are mid to small size trucks and they have uh, the Land Rovers with diesels. And to hear those things all like hopped uh, up with yeah. big, big turbos and stuff was, was pretty fun. That is kind of cool. See, I've never seen one hopped up before, but I am familiar with those older diesels a little bit. And I think they're really cool. Um, I think um, uh, I've, I've never actually worked on one or anything, but I've seen them in, and uh, they seem like they've, been pretty refined because they've uh, used them for so long and uh, yeah i i feel americans really are missing out on the small diesel market like literally everywhere else in the world well we're, uses the crap out of small d de- we're starting too slowly yeah and i i get like back in the day maybe they wouldn't have been able to compete because everyone wants a you know six liter cummins or something crazy sure. but yeah. well the big three all offer small ones now you got the the power stroke duramax and the eco diesel all have are all offered in the, the half ton trucks and the in the i, I call them the baby trucks like the rain uh, Rangers, right. Colorado and all that. They, I think they all have the small diesel option now. And I think they're pretty sweet, man. They're going to be good towing engines and you're going to definitely get better yeah, fuel economy with them. Good daily drivers. It's all the things Americans claim to want in an engine. Like they're going to last forever. Yeah. You're going to get great mileage. They're, but they're not selling that well though. Because I, I think a lot of people just don't understand it. They, they look at the horsepower rating and it's like 250 horsepower or something versus like the V8 variant, which is like 400 horsepower and, and most of them. Right. So you're losing almost half your horsepower but they they don't i don't think a lot of people really understand that you know they definitely need a better pr person yeah yeah for sure and they are they are slow i will i've I've talked to several guys and they're saying like man you know they love everything about it toes well great fuel economy good daily driving around town they said if you want to stomp on it it's a it's a little disappointing yeah yeah i mean I want to say you can't have everything, yeah. but you can. You can. It takes it takes uh, breaking the law. It just costs and, uh, money. Bleeding it and doing all that, but yeah, yeah, um, it's just exactly. the way it is. But uh, on uh, on that note, um, you know, all these uh, you know diesels coming here, and now we've got EVs, electric vehicles. Oh yes, the the demon hybrids. Yeah, well, not even just that, just the full electrics. So I think even oh like yeah, hybrid, like Ford's got. A, I think they have a whole bunch of hybrids available right now, and and that this year or into this year, or early next year, the uh, the Mustang Mach E is going to be the, I guess, yep. first full electric thing from Ford. And uh, I've been reading up on it, looking at it, and they. I mean, it looks like they have like everything from a pretty basic one that's it's claiming something like mid 
five second or mid six second zero sixties all the way up to super fast, uh, you know, mid three second zero to sixty times dual engine all that stuff. Um, but you know, they, the, 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 the uh, GT, the fast one's going to start at 60,000 and like the more basic Jeez. one's going to start the, the most basic, basic one you can get starts at $43,800. So uh, Ford does like their SUVs. They really, well, this is like, you know, like what you classify this as it's like a, I, th- I would say it's more of a crossover, I guess. So it's like a, it's a car, but it's kind of got some SUV characteristics. Like it's got a hatch trunk. Right. It's probably somewhat roomy back there. I don't know. I just, what I don't understand is why they gave it a Mustang badge. It kind of doesn't. <laughs> Me either. Work. It's, it's upsetting really. Okay. Like, I mean, why you, you're trying to... it's, it's amazing, but I mean, yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it's going to follow suit with what the Mustang is. No, and Mitsubishi did the same thing with that weird Eclipse crossover. It's like, oh yeah, they're so they're so desperate to. I don't even know what they're desperate for, but they're just yeah. trying to like grab at the lineage right. of this Mustang. And it's like, first off, it's an SUV, which even if it was gas powered, would be insulting. Oh, but then it's sure. electric. So not only are you robbing the badge and the heritage, you're putting like, I don't know. Yeah. It makes me, yeah, I think, I think it, they should have maybe, I think I read something maybe about they're going to offer a, an electric Mustang or maybe it's a hybrid type Mustang later on. And now I'm wondering why they didn't just save that like Mustang Mach E for that badge or that badge for, for the electric or part or hybrid Mustang. It doesn't make sense to me. To take it a step further, do you think they should make an electric Mustang or do you think they should put the name to bed and come up with a new, Cause it's once, once you go from gas to electric, it's not like a new body style or a new from a, a V8 to a V6, even like yeah. you're changing the well, entire, every, everything about the car. Everybody's doing it. Like even, even the Ram 1500 has a, uh, a the e-torque thing. So it's actually like an electric engine that like helps get it going. I guess saves for around town fuel economy. It might even help a little mm. bit of towing type stuff. So everybody's going this way. I mean, car guys like us, uh, or at least, at least like me, I'm sure you're kind of doing the same way, but I hate it. I really don't want electric to take over, but it's going to. It's just the way it is. I, I hate... So the Prius kind of gave everyone the worst possible taste in their mouth for hybrids, in my yeah. opinion. If the first hybrid that came out was the big three, the McLaren P1, the Porsche 918, or the Ferrari, like people would have a way different opinion of it. You know what I mean? So hybrid, hybrid, I can, uh, I'll stand behind because it makes everything about our cars better performance wise, fully electric. I'm a little hesitant of, and I'm with you because it takes the soul out of it. But I also think for certain cornerstone flagship brands, like your Mustang, your Camaro, I don't know, just if, if you're going to stop making them gasoline, put it, put the name to bed, like the new, new world, new sports car, the, this, 
I don't know. Yeah, well, see, one thing that I was I was misinformed about was you know, especially when you go look at these Teslas and their their curb weights, they're really heavy. You know, they're like mm-hmm. for a car, they're really heavy. I mean, they're heavier than like the Challengers and Chargers and stuff, but they're still crazy fast in a straight line. But it made me wonder how quick they would be around a track. I looked them up on the uh, the the Nurburgring, and how do you how do you properly say that? Uh, Nurberg, that's how I say it. I don't know. <laughs> that's how I say it. I know it's got to be said some some different way, but you just, just you just I, kind of mumble past it yeah. and hope people know what you mean. Oh, the Nurberg ring. Yeah, that, yeah so in, that, that's in Germany. The Nurberg ring. You know <laughs> right. what I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. So, anyways, I watched. Uh, I read an article about this uh, uh, Tesla going around there, and apparently, it didn't even finish under full power. Um, and it, oh, it, laid, yeah. it laid, I mean, it wouldn't, I don't think it was a terrible lap time. I can't, I can't remember exact figures, but, um, they it, do pretty well because all the weight in the batteries is in the floor. So yeah. the center of gravity for as ridiculously heavy as they are is still pretty low. So they do all right, but mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're sprinters for sure. Yeah, well, anyway, so when, then I was talking to, 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 uh, Norton, our buddy from the Navy and, mm-hmm. um, he was telling me that he goes to these couple of these, uh, races, you know, where they do like the hill climbs and, and, uh, you see like indie cars, crazy fast cars doing, um, you know, racing up and down mountains, that sort of thing. And he said, right. he said King of the Hills right now are, are like electric vehicles in a lot of, a lot of these, uh, categories. So they're just insanely fast. And I didn't think that it could really handle as well as the lighter weight gasoline powered engines. So it's just another kick in the nuts to me. It's just like, dang, man. It's like, not only are they faster, zero to 60, they're starting to be able to handle it exceptionally well too. Yeah. It's uh it's a scary new frontier. I don't, I don't think within our lifetime, we have to worry about the gasoline engine being snuffed out completely, Yeah, but so it's, think, uh, it's coming. It seems. Yeah. I think one thing that we are going to start seeing more of hopefully because there are going to be purists that they want the VAs and they want the, cause if you really look at it on paper, like if you go buy a brand new F-150 um, aside from the price, there's absolutely no reason to buy the 5.0 V8 over the 3.5 liter. Um, you get, right. I mean, on paper, the, I think the five liter has a little bit more horsepower, but it's down a whole bunch of torque. And that's really the only thing that matters in a, in a truck. It's rated for less towing, isn't it? The five Oh way less towing. Yeah. The, 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 yeah, the that's, 5.0 that's crazy. Is, the 5.0 is king of the hell for, for the, for the, F-150 and it costs, I think a couple thousand dollars more and, um, but you get a ton more torque. And I think if you drive it right, a lot of people say they're still terrible on fuel economy, but I think they are decent on fuel economy. If, if you keep it out of the boost and, uh, right. Um, so on paper and, and realistically, it doesn't make any sense to buy the V8, but the V8 still sells. And I don't think it's a price thing. I think it's merely people want the V8. They want to put a Flowmaster exhaust on and they want it to sound good. And the, the, these V6s don't sound, but what, what I was getting at is there's options like that, um, that are starting to become really 
competitive uh, as technology starts going on, you know, it's the direct injection on a gasoline engine is kind of somewhat new. It's, it's, it's starting to become more popular. And so these eco boosts are getting direct injection paired with port injection, more old school type injection um, mm-hmm. with their twin turbo, small displacement. And they're making lots of torque that you would never see in a small displacement engine 20 years ago. Um, and, and now they're just, I mean, they're, they're really making headway. So I think that we are going to see more engines that are a little bit more fuel efficient, but are capable of making a lot of power to maybe be able to counter some of these electric engines. Because I can tell you that, you know, maybe 10, 15 years from now, I might buy my wife an electric vehicle. I don't see myself buying one. Anytime I've never driven one. Well, I, I take that back. I drove my, my sister's, she had a Fiat 500 E yeah. and it was like a go-kart, man. You got all the torque right now. Yeah. It was a front wheel drive. So it didn't have any traction. So you yeah. could hit, hit a mud puddle and just roast the front tires. Like <laughs> it was fun, man. But I mean, I've never driven a hybrid, so I don't know I've driven, how that would be. I don't know if I want to tell the world this, but I have, driven, <laughs> <laughs> I've driven a Prius before. I, I went with my grandma, she bought a, a brand new Prius and I helped, I went to the dealership, help negotiate with her and um, trade in her vehicle and all that. And so uh, she wanted me to drive it home. I don't know why but so i drove it and it is kind of weird you know and you, you can tell when the electric kicks in of course those aren't powerful engines at all but it, it, it is right. very instant um it's kind of a just something that i guess we're really used to um uh, we're usually used to gasoline engines but um right i don't know i mean that one didn't really impress me at all because it's a prius but i can see some yeah. of the other ones like being really cool to drive it's just like like what do you like as a car guy what do i do to it like i buy it and i know now i right? drive like <laughs> like half the half the fun to me is out there in my garage working on it like if it's like perfect ready to go it's like that's why i could never own like a supercar i mean i say that now of course if i was a millionaire i probably would but like it doesn't make sense right. to me because it's like okay what do i do to it i don't do anything to it yeah, i'm used to owning I mean, crappy vehicles that i have to do stuff to to make them run right and then, <laughs> and then they don't have enough power so i want more power so i, I make them make more power and you i mean what do i do i log on to my computer and and like click a turn on the more power mode. button i don't know like <laughs> like um, heck yeah man i guess that's how it goes i mean you can overclock them like you would a uh, uh your computer at home gaming <laughs> computer you can overclock ECU or something or you maybe upgrade the graphics card yeah, in your I tesla i don't know how's that work there you go yeah let's put a new graphics card in the in the whip yeah so it's that, that, that oh man that part that aspect of it is what is what turns me off on it but i'm sure things are going to come out and as people like joe blows like myself start to understand them more you know you might be able to do they're, your they're own just modifications big computers like once they start breaking them jailbreaking them just like they do ecus right on other cars which it probably won't because tesla uses so like beyond state-of-the-art encryption well, because all their cars are linked so well you if you look at a lot so, of stuff that gets jailbroken it's it's normally older technology so i would say maybe years from now that oh that sort of in, in a few years yeah. for sure i mean that's but who knows they may keep live updating it forever 
You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, I guess that's possible. I think I don't know how long Tesla's been around. I feel like it's it's a safety thing though, because if it gets hacked by you, that's fine. If it gets hacked by some jerk next to you and it runs you into a telephone pole, not so fine. Yeah. So the the encryption on those is pretty ridiculous. Right. Yeah. They're definitely a little bit beyond me. So um, I'm sure as they gain more popularity, I'm going to be brushing up on it, learning more. So I don't, you know, I kind of halfway know what I'm talking about. Whenever I do go yeah. talk to the, the newer generation of car guys, you know, it's one of my favorite things to do is just sit around talking about cars, but I can't really hold an actual conversation about electric vehicles right now. So actually for the past couple hours, I've been uh, just kind of reading up on what, what options are out there. What's the new stuff coming out? What's the best ranges and zero 60 times on them, all that kind of stuff that's going on. The basics. Yeah. From what I understand, the biggest limiting factor from electric vehicles just taking off is batteries and being able to get them light enough and to be able to store enough so where you can, it's viable for a cross country trip, like a truck. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's, that's what a lot of people are scared of. I think so. Like, I guess if you have, so for me, for example, it's, it's not unusual at all for me to log 200 miles a day. And I can definitely go over that. Um, and that's, that's in a company vehicle. So like, I guess most of these vehicles are over 200 miles. So, I mean, I would probably be okay, but I mean, you're kind of cutting it close to, you know, if I sit around and idle a lot and work on my computer and my car, which I do as well. That drains back. And in that Texas heat in the summer, your air conditions never not going to be on. For sure. So I think like a lot of these guys are claiming, you know, like mid 300s to mid to upper 200s for a lot of these different vehicles that I'm seeing here. Um, and you know, like 239, 258. I think the highest one out right now is Tesla at. 391 and that's on the model s long range which is a six-figure car almost i think starting price oh yeah eighty-two thousand. yeah they're not cheap that's for sure yeah so i mean you're talking about stuff that i'll, I'll never own that that category of car but um and there's actually a pretty good video on YouTube. 1320 did it a few years ago. A dude completely gutted his model S. Yeah. Oh yeah. It just was it. Ripping. Yeah. 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 That was, that was pretty crazy. He, this, I, the, that one guy he had a pretty much fully race trailered Fox body. Um, I don't know if he's turbocharged or supercharged or whatever. It is a legitimately fast car with tub, big slicks and all that. Couldn't, right. couldn't hang with him. That all-wheel drive launch was just, there's nothing he could do. No, it's, it's, it's insane. It's not even fair. Like it's frustrating how perfect they are. Yeah. Like all the torque is right now from zero. Yep. The traction control is a thousand times a second or whatever, taking readings. And it's is instant to adjust the torque for the traction as it is with 
to push the gas. Like everything happens right now. Yeah. You don't have to worry about cutting timing and wait for the boost to drop and this and that. Like, yes, it's, you can't, you can't compete. You just can't. Yeah, I it's think, insane. I think automakers, if they're going to, if, if anybody wants the internal combustion engine to live on and actually be competitive with these electric engines, we have a long way to go. We need to, we're going to have to like, you know, make them make them more efficient and much more powerful and uh yeah i think i think these eco boosts are, are a start of where internal combustion is For headed. Sure. um i think hybrids is where it's at honestly yeah. it's you don't have to have a ten thousand dollar crazy battery you get you know, you can put a half the size engine as you normally would slap a turbo on it. Like it's, it's the best of both worlds right. in, in a lot of ways. So I think that's where it'll go for a long time before it ever truly switches to like full EV. So yeah, I kind of like that, that concept a little bit. The weight is what gets me on those. If I'm going for a car, a truck, I would, wouldn't even hesitate. That'd be great. But I, I saw Porsche did something. This is, this is quite a while ago. So it's probably old technology by now, but so they, they had the car basically run entirely off of an internal combustion engine. And, and then it had, you know, a little battery and an electric engine in there. And I think this electric engine was capable of delivering something like a hundred ish horsepower. Um, but it, it functioned kind of like it nitrous would. So you just kind of press this button and you get your extra power. Right. And it's only right. good for like a nine second or 10 second sprint at a time. So like something like that, that sounds kind of cool. I mean, you're on a, you're on a straightaway, you're on a drag race. You just have that extra power right there available whenever you need it. And then, then I guess the computer like, tells you your battery's dead so you drive around more and you you build up the power again on it um never seen it just something i read about a while back and right that was kind of cool yeah there's a there's a lot of different ways of doing it and uh, of like recharging them and the way they they um they disperse the energy like even between the big three the porsche the mclaren and the ferrari they all have very different hybrid setups yeah. and i'm blanking off the top of my head because of course that's what happens yeah but yeah they're, they're all very different the way they do the regenerative braking and uh, like it's it's just all all completely different yeah yeah i drove a i drove around a this is one of my friends from the navy he had the uh was it the chevy volt i think i guess it's, yeah uh, it runs entirely off the engine but you can like charge it at home from well, I guess you get like 50 mile range or something like that. And then like braking helps you charge it back up. I think it even had like some solar panels on it or something, but realistically oh, wow. you just kind of like, it just kind of like, if you're going to the grocery store and back, you just run all electric, but anything else, like you know, like going clear across town, you're pretty much going to run the battery down. It wasn't really good for nothing, but if you're just a short turn, short commuter, it was a pretty sweet deal. And it drove really nice. We took an all the road trip and, um, I don't think we even got it out of town before we ran out of <laughs> battery on it. Right. Didn't last very long. Yeah, it's it's still in its infancy. And that's how we gotta kinda look at it. Like it feels it feels like it's this old technology because it has been introduced like a long time ago. Well, not that long ago, 10, 15 years, but in the scope of the automotive industry, that's that's no time really. 
Yeah. So I think when Tesla first came out, I didn't pay any attention to them because I think Chevy back in early nineties, eighties timeframe, they actually released a all electric vehicle back then. And it, I don't know, maybe it had like something like a hundred or 150 mile range. It might've been less. I don't know. Something like that. But like a lot of the reviews I read on it, it was like, it was perfect. It's kind of like the, the equivalent to like a Tesla today. It was like everything you need. You take it home, you charge it up, you never go to a gas station. And if you're just daily yeah. commuting around the city, it's not a big deal and it's easy. You know, I, I think a lot of people didn't travel like like long distance as much as like we do today and that kind of stuff is Hey, you know, I couldn't just, you didn't have GPS back then. So you couldn't just be like, okay, I'm going to poke around to like five different points that I've never been to like, like I do today. Um, right. so I don't think it was as demanding as it is now, but so that, that back then I would say probably, um, was way more than enough to, um, to sue most people. And so I think what had happened was, um, a lot of other, oil companies just basically did everything they could to shut this down because they're so scared of it. But yeah, there's a couple stories of that where there'll be some like internal combustion competitor that they'll buy the patent for it and then just shelf it. Yeah. Same thing with like, uh, was it that hydrogen powered? Like you basically power yep. any internal combustion engine. It makes your engine like incredibly fuel efficient or, or maybe just completely, um, uh, eliminates gasoline altogether. And, uh, I watched some videos on it and I don't really know enough on it to really comment that much on it. But from what I saw, it just was, it, made, it didn't make sense why it didn't take off other than big oil companies said, hell no, this is going to bankrupt us. Shut it down. Yeah. Well, Another thing to look at is you got to look at infrastructure, which is another big problem with switching to all electric, like to, to redo the automotive network to get gasoline or get hydrogen or get electricity at all the places you can now is decades of complete infrastructure renovation. Like, so not, not, I'm sure some of it is the big evil auto industry, but some of it is, man, that is a big ship to try and change direction. Like, here in Little Sanger, Texas, uh, there's nowhere to charge your vehicle unless you have like just a charging station at home. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I personally only know of one. I'm sure there's more than one in Denton, which is the next closest town to us, which is a, a pretty good sized city. Um, mm-hmm. So like, I mean, if I owned one and, you know, aside from unless I got that deal installed at home, which I don't know how much that costs, um, probably definitely be worth it if I was going to keep one for a while, but. Um, oh, it's a, it's an investment. Really? It's not like a, yeah, to get a, a supercharger installed at home. I don't know how much, but I want to say it's not cheap. Let me look. Yeah, it up real quick. I could imagine keep going. be expensive, but um, yeah, from, for right now where I live, it, it just, it, I don't think it would make a whole lot of sense for me to have that unless, like you said, I had the, the charger at home. Um, to charge it whenever I wanted because, you know, I can't charge it anywhere around here in town. I can't, uh, you know, there's, there's one spot that I actually shop at and in the next town over that I could probably go to, but I only shop there maybe once or twice a month. 
So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it just, it wouldn't make sense for me to own one right now, unless I have the ability to charge at home, which I don't, like you said, we don't know what that costs. I guess we'll find out here in a second. Yeah. So the charger itself looks like it's about 500 bucks, but you have to have a uh, 240 outlet okay. installed. Well, that's, so that's not terrible. That's I mean, the, we're talking about no, an electrician coming out and doing that a couple, couple thousand yeah. dollar investment. So they, yeah. So that I'm, I was talking out of my ass. I was thinking like five, seven grand. Well, I was too. I, was not, I thought it was closer to 5,000, but I mean, I guess, I mean, I, I work in construction, so I, I, I know I can get an electrician out there to do work like that for, um, a couple thousand yeah. dollars have it installed and be a done deal. Um, but yeah. still, I mean, well, still an investment, but yeah, I think that would probably, I mean, it, yeah, but, but like you were saying earlier, like the infrastructure and everything, I mean, if we did a hard switch to electric, I think it would hurt the economy terribly. <laughs> Disabling I, oil. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know enough to comment intelligently. No, I drove through it. the oil fields. Like I see that, but the infrastructure, the amount of jobs that would create, I don't know if it would like stabilize it. Maybe. I like if it happened overnight, for sure. Like if, you know, whoever president Trump said, you know, tomorrow we're switching to all electric, that would be awful. But yeah. I don't know, man, the, the amount of infrastructure, the next wave of technology is going to, requires pretty crazy yeah you could be right i was watching actually jay leno and he was he's i guess he he bought one of the teslas when they first came out he's like this is it man it's the future he goes i don't change my oil on this i don't have to change air filters on it fuel filters on it he's like i don't have to do anything to it all i do is get in drive it and charge it he goes they're, mm-hmm. they're super low maintenance and he goes this is it as the future and like when he and this is a couple years ago i think he said this and I was like, Ugh, I don't want to hear this right now. It's coming, I think. But yeah, you might be right. Maybe, maybe not take over completely in our lifetime. I think I read something about where it it would uh, um, it would take close to twenty years, just maybe maybe more to really get a lot of gasoline powered engines off the road. Yeah, I mean, everyone and myself included. I I'm so used to living in big major cities. <laughs> that I think that, oh yeah, like everyone in this city, you could get it done in no time. But then once you drive, like I did from here to Texas, you realize how much of the country it would like, there's so much, there's so many people to get gasoline engines off the road. It's like trying to kill all the ants. Like every corner you turn around, there's some old boy with a junkyard with 500 cars in it. And he's been, you know, parking out there since he got back from the war. So I I really think hybrids is, it's complementary to both gas and and electric. We've been talking about like daily driver stuff, maybe mild sports mm -hmm. stuff. So I wonder how it, it would take over in the legit racing scene, especially like top field dragster stuff, like how, how capable or how, how easy would it be for, um, you know, to make something lightweight enough to get down the track in absurd amount of times like top field dragsters do. I think a top something like that would be the easiest application. You only have to make it a thousand feet. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I mean, yeah, I, I guess you may be right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. We'll so, be, I mean, my, my 
complete jackass bro science opinion on it would be if you were to do it in something like that, you would use your electric electric engines off the line where your gas engine is in on paper the weakest, right? Down low, yeah, starting movement. You'd get that for the first 60 feet, 80 feet, and then your gasoline engine would take over on the top end. Maybe. That's yeah. just off the top of my head. That's all I can well, think of. I think like. the real challenge would be endurance racing, and you would either have to have some kind of quick swap battery setup. So that's one or, thing I've been seeing. So they have these like these batteries that are on the lower um, in between the two two wheels, like underneath the vehicle corner rocker panels. Uh, um, mm-hmm. It basically pulls out like it's almost like part of the vehicle or part of the body itself. And it pulls out from underneath it. And maybe like one on each side, balance it out. And part of their pit crew, they just come in, literally pull it out, pop a new one back in. It's like changing out batteries in a remote control car. Um, yeah. It seemed like they were doing it. I don't know if they have it to where they can just like zip in and out, like, like they do in NASCAR pits or anything like that, but it seemed relatively straightforward, you know, plug in and you have power again. Well, that's, that's how it'll have to go to get to us is racing teams. And it's already happening. Formula E is a thing. Like instead of formula one, it's formula E. Oh, really? I haven't even heard of that. Audi completely pulled out of the prototype of Lamas and stuff like that. They're just doing formula E and it's like a video game. They have uh well, normal formula one has like the push to pass. You know what that is? No. So, uh, you're limited. They've got all the regulations. Like you're limited to X number of pounds of boost. Well, you have 10 seconds of push to pass that like, uh, ups your boost level. Interesting. Yeah. So they have formula E racing that it's fully electric, like formula one style cars, like open top cutting edge stuff. But there's like part of the track that if you take the corner wide, it's like the recharge zone and it like air quotes recharges your push to pass stuff. Uh, okay. That's it's like watching real life video game. Man. <laughs> I kind of, I'd like to look into that a little bit. That sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. You'll have to watch it. But my point was that's how consumer technology, at least in the automotive industry has gone. Once the racing starts pushing the, the technology, then it trickles down to us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, uh, it seems like that's what's been happening for the last century. Basically I'll start right. racing and then yeah. Triple down, but, exactly. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, shoot. Yeah. That's definitely more stuff to look forward to in the future. Here's electric vehicle Bronco coming out. Mustang Rocky. Heck yeah. Yeah. So one more, one more quick thing before you go, cause we've been almost an hour already. Yeah. Um, uh, I want to come up with a signature segment here and you're going to be my guinea pig. Um, if you had a car or a garage, five car garage, what do you put in it? And that, cause I was, I've kind of gone through a few evolutions of the question. I was thinking if you had a certain dollar amount, do you buy a supercar or do you buy a bunch of like I can lower level cars? quick with no dollar Well, I know amounts. what you would answer. I know what you would answer. <laughs> I don't think you're, you know you're not, a, answer, not entirely. Well, no, not, I don't know which car exactly, but I know if given the option between 
a Ferrari or 10 Fox body Mustangs, you'd choose 10 <laughs> Fox body Mustangs. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like depending on the Ferrari, I'd probably let, take 10 Fox body Mustangs. Let me, too. let me surprise you here real quick. Okay. Just gonna lay do, on me. Do real quick. Okay. First okay. and foremost, a, the, the last year, last year, they made i think it was like 2006 hummer h1 with a come and swap because that's like my dream vehicle if i could just daily drive that's that's what i'd want heck yeah um, that's about as american as it gets heck yeah man um it'd be a civilian one too because you know it's got a luxury the military ones are cool but leather seats are you got to bring the wife right you know yeah, for sure um second um a little jealous because you actually own one of my dream vehicles a, a one-ton ram 2500 comes turbo diesel also that probably be my towing towing vehicle um um then i would uh definitely have some sort of really cool rock crawling probably something totally custom um could be a right it could be a jeep could be a bronco could be whatever um could be just like a completely fabbed up vehicle but um one of those weird pivot yeah tweaky things and i think i'd have like i'd have to have the ultimate street vehicle so i'd probably have some sort of uh gtr and okay because uh, i mean i mean i, I mean it kind of is the ultimate street vehicle honestly like, these yeah days. they're another one that it's it's like maddening it seems you could watch a twin turbo nitrous viper pull up with three times the power it seems like of the gtr and somehow the gtr just destroys it yeah like it blows my mind every year at texas 2k for like the drag racing or the roll racing Mm -hmm. oh this viper is 2000 horsepower versus 1500 horsepower gtr and you're talking about you're talking about track racing it 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 doubles its efficiency on on the concrete because anything rear wheel drive you mean if you make over 500 horsepower at the wheels you only have two wheels making power it's hard to hook up anything on on regular streets so that all-wheel drive even it makes it even sure. more efficient so there's that and then my final thing uh would have to go exotic and one of my other dream cars since i was a little kid the ferrari gt40 that yep okay respect on that my friend so everything, GT40. everything four-wheel drive except some gt40 <laughs> <laughs> i'm sensing a theme here yep that's what i like man <laughs> Heck yeah. I would like to throw in some right, stuff buddy. like the Fox body, but we only got five, so I go with that. Yeah, and that's that's too attainable. Yeah, for sure. I feel like. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, thanks for getting back with me. Uh little surprise for listeners. We recorded this episode like a week ago. It's 2.0. But I yeah, but I tried to be fancy and do two different recordings and only recorded my audio and not Brandon's. So we're doing it again. But thanks for being a champ and getting back with me. And uh, let's see. Follow me on Instagram. I'm cartoon underscore channel on Instagram. Uh, the podcast is available all major platforms, Apple, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, the just the audio gets posted every week on YouTube on uh, just cartoon on YouTube. The, uh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. That's just the audio. I'm working on getting video. That's uh, going to take a little bit more just cause I want to do it a certain way. Um, but that's all for this week. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you later.